the Data Driven Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, we explore how to transform your company and career through data-driven decision-making. Want to become a data storytelling aficionado? Then sit back, relax, and get ready to unlock the true potential of your data. Here's the host of the Data Driven Podcast, Dominic Bohan. Welcome to the Data Driven Podcast, where we dive deep into getting more value from our business data. Whether you're a data professional, business leader, or just someone curious about developing data skills, the Data Driven Podcast is here to guide you along your journey. I'm your host and the co-founder of Story IQ, Dominic Bohan. Today, we're going to talk about what kind of changes might be on the horizon for collecting audience data. Joining us is Christina Propkop, who is CEO and co-founder at IOTA, which is a global provider of audience solutions for digital marketing. Brands and advertisers leverage IOTA audience solutions to enrich insights, enhance personalization, and transform omni-channel targeting as the trusted global provider of audience solutions for digital marketing. So yesterday, Christina and I talked about how the audience data landscape is about to change. Today, we're going to continue our conversation and discuss using data to boost ROI on ad and tech investments. Here's my conversation with Christina Prokop, CEO and co-founder at IOTA. Christina, thanks for joining us again on the podcast. Yesterday, we talked about how the landscape is changing. I think this is going to be a great episode on how we get value from data to boost ROI here on ad and tech investments. What are some of the examples that you can share of how we've been able to use data effectively in this space? Sure. So I think there's very clear value that's been generated over years now in both the advertising and the marketing space. There's a couple key use cases that the majority of our customers use. So one is to, and I think, you know, probably the most obvious to everyone is using audience targeting segments to target advertising campaigns. So of course, these are very rich and deep and broad types of audience targeting data that they use. You know, those can be sociodemographic signals, those can be signals about their Purchase behavior can be signals about what type of cars they drive. So there's lots of different types of targeting that they enable. What we really are focused on doing is helping those companies better target these global audiences across any channel that they have to ensure that their messages are reaching, that are reaching the right audience. So the way it works for us on the advertising side is that data is available in all the major demand side platforms on market. People can either work with our teams directly, which I think is really valuable in, in terms of, you know, if a lot of marketers don't know necessarily what types of audiences might be relevant for their goals, they can work with somebody who has their hands on all types of different data assets to help them choose the right ones. So targeting is one. And what we're finding more and more is using the audience data to understand more about their existing customer base by overlaying this data on top of their first party data. And that becomes very valuable now that they, obviously, because, you know, for the first party data, although it's obviously the most important and valuable data asset that a marketer holds, the problem is still that it's relatively limited in its scope. And it'll tell you more and more about what you know about the customer's activity within your world but the question is, is, you know, how do you 
understand more about them, to engage more deeply with them. How do you understand what makes them tick and how, what your best customers look like outside of your world so you can prospect better and go find more of those ideal customers more effectively? So the way that marketers are doing this is also, you know, in the last episode, we talked about the changing landscape. Actually, one of the changes we didn't talk about was the change of the marketer's tool set, because that is also in flux right now. So, you know, we're a lot of marketers were using DMPs, data management platforms, to house and store the digital data that they had on their users and connect that to their data lakes and, and their CRMs you know, to be able to collect and activate that first party data. However, now that whole landscape is changing and moving towards customer data platforms. That's actually also a very, very big transition that the market is going through right now. What is a customer data platform versus a traditional CRM or a just a data lake that could be used for any sort of data? How has that changed? So if you look at the different ways and the different tools that marketers use to manage their data, each one of those, they may be using all three. You know, they may be working with a data lake, a CRM, and a CDP, because they all serve a bit of a different purpose and are used for different use cases. And depending also on the maturity of the data teams in-house, that will also define how many different technologies and what types of technologies marketers are using to execute on their data strategies. So, you know, if you look at a traditional CRM, you know, that's housing all of the information that you have about your customers, what they're doing within your walls, what are they buying? And again, that's, it comes, I would say, more from an offline world of, you know, here's my customer, here's their email address, here's their address, this is what they're buying. It does not hold any sort of information about, you know, where they're spending time on my website, what types of articles are they looking at, any other information you may have about them. Now, if you overlay that on a customer data platform, which can start also help collecting some of this additional information, which gives them a, you know, a deeper view into customer behavior and also then allows, and this is what, you know, is similar to the concept behind a data management platform and a customer data platform, was that it gives them the ability to take that data and overlay additional data sources onto it to be able to use that data in different environments. So let's say, for example, from a CRM, you know, it's very difficult for, you can't use a CRM to target someone on a programmatic advertising campaign. You can do it, you know, you can use an email list or something like that to pull out and target them, you know, send them an email campaign. But for many of the digital marketing channels, a CRM doesn't allow you to make that connection. So that's where a customer data platform comes into place. It allows you to get more of the digital touch points, being, allows you to then take that data and use it and connect it into digital environments. So customer data platform, we could get data from our CRM and then other first-party data that we own, like clickstream data from our website. And then can we also integrate data from a third-party platform like IOTA and have it all in one place? Is that the ultimate goal? Yes, exactly. That is the ultimate goal. And, you know, if you look at the evolution again from, we saw some first activity in the DMP space, and now it's moving, you know, I think with the transition into the customer data platform space, it will be the same. The key value for audience data 
in these environments is the overlap to be able to understand all these different attributes around your customers that you won't be able to see yourself. So in the CDP example, you want to be seeing, okay, what are the indicators? What are the behaviors that are, for example, leading people through my funnel? Or what are the people who are heavy active users or frequent purchasers, what types of commonalities do they have in their in their attributes? And that's the data that really allows you to be smarter in how you're speaking to your customers, how you're engaging with them, and how you're also as, as just as important prospecting. Yeah, there's a ton of stuff that we're very unlikely to get as first party data. And that's where platforms like yours come in. I just have a question on the logistics of it. So I'm going out collecting data like name, email, address, address, my customers have given that information to me consensually. It's all fine. And then I'm matching up third-party data. And if I did it in the most simple way, right, picture like a almost a, a VLOOKUP or just matching their email address and bringing in your data, I could get myself in real trouble. Is there a way that you anonymize the information so that it's still useful at like a segment level, but so that I'm not adding at a customer level of an individual information that I shouldn't be adding to my customer data platform. Yes, that's a very, very important point because a lot of the data regulation in terms of privacy restrictions is connecting that audience data back to an individual and then using that information to target them with advertising. That is not okay. It is true, you know, that the use cases within the customer data platform are very clearly carved out that there can't be one-to-one activation off the back of that insight. If you look at a lot of the environments where audience data is being used for insights, it very much is that, you know, so it can't be used to create secondary audience off the back of those insights to then target. But what you can do is then you see what are the attributes that drive certain types of customer groups. And you can use that information to then target those audience segments for different campaign goals. So the use case is is very much in CDPs, customers, it is not enabled that that one-to-one match and then used for targeting, for creating an additional segment can be enabled. Yeah, so I get that the targeting can't, right? That's a no-no. As an individual, type them in a very specific way. Are you allowed to simply hold the data? For example, I've got some data that I collected from my customers, and now I bring in essentially these new columns into the data with all these extra attributes from third parties and someone, I'm not going to target them individually, but let's say a data analyst in my company would be able to see this extra information if they looked at the most granular level of the data. Is that generally allowed? From an analytics perspective, yes, it can be. But it should also be then group not. I mean, generally, if you're looking at, at analytics, you're not drilling down to an individual anyway, right? So if you're looking from an analytics perspective, you're looking at different user groups, how different types of user groups behave. So for analytics purposes, it is allowed. Now, obviously, you know, one technology, you know, you've heard a lot about, obviously, about clean rooms over the past couple of years. Clean rooms. I haven't heard much about clean rooms. Okay. So that is, again, like I said, the MarTech stack is increasingly complex, but it, and it's the orchestration of it that becomes very powerful. So, you know, clean rooms are an environment where 
two companies can share data without these any sensitive or personally identifiable information being exchanged. So it basically just gives them a, a clean environment and an environment behind a wall for e- each of them to do a handshake and exchange data. That's one of the technologies that a lot of data marketers and data companies are now using and testing to understand you know, if that can be a solution to enabling the exchange of data with less and less any sort of uh, personal identifiable information or sensitive data being exchanged. Cool. Anything else that you wanted to share? It's really important that everyone takes these transitions and these testing phases very seriously. And I I know most brands are, but the more we all get testing and the more that we see what all these technologies can do together, the more it really unlocks this potential. And so the share is that education and, you know, letting companies that are very active in the data space help marketers figure out what are good solutions and and options that they have in the data space to augment what they're doing in-house with their first-party data. That's really would be my biggest takeaway for marketers is to be inquisitive, ask, educate yourself. And, you know, I think it is, I, I do understand it's very hard when you're particularly in this phase from our environment, right? So really from the audience targeting side, where many marketers are transitioning in between technology stacks into new strategies, just keep thinking about not only this short term of how do I get my first party data from A to B and how do I use my first party data, but the really powerful potential of data is looking at non-first party solutions to know more and, and you know to understand more and to be making better decisions for communicating with your customers. Awesome. That is uh, kind of the philosophy of this whole show. It sounds like if I can summarize again, that what's happening in the marketing tech space is a lot of change. People need to be curious, willing to test things and learn and share and learn from others, which is kind of our philosophy more broadly with data. So I like that way to round it out there. Great. That is it. You know, I think it's we all have to work together as marketers and technology providers and data companies to really evolve with with all these changes that are happening and do that together, you know, because all of these different technologies and and data, it's all so tightly connected that the only way to all succeed and, and drive more value in this ecosystem is together with each other. That wraps up this episode of the Data Driven Podcast. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to datadrivenpod.com where we have summaries of all our episodes and contact information for our guests. And if you want to share your most compelling use cases for data, you can apply to be a guest speaker on the Data Driven Podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is StoryIQ on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or you can contact me directly. My handle is at Dominic on Twitter. If you haven't already subscribed and you want a steady stream of data-driven brilliance in your podcast feed, we're publishing multiple episodes each week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app. We'll be back in your feed tomorrow. That's all for today. But remember, until next time, when it comes to data, less is more.